Market Soccer News For insight that excels For expert analytics You better go somewhere else Portland Betting Soccer Podcast Enjoy it now cause it probably won't last Just poop, they cover it all They'll discuss everything except football Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast, episode 76, season 4, episode 7, if you're counting. Points are points. My name is Jonathan, and I'm coming to you from Northeast Portland. My name is Josh, and I'm coming to you from G- Margo's gymnastics class in um, Tigard. Uh, Greg in Northwest Portland doing gymnastics in my basement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Randy in Northeast Portland doing mental gymnastics. I'm not sure what that means. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, did you, who caught our April Fool's episode? Anybody, yeah. anybody, anybody listening? I did. If you were confused by uh, tuning into our last episode, um, that was our April Fool's episode. That was where we uploaded the very first ever More Sonic podcast, um, recorded fresh off of their uh, MLS Cup win. And um, it's really funny and interesting. You guys should listen to it well on their feed, but you can listen to ours too. But it's got all kinds of great stuff. They complain about signing Ned Grabavoy and all kinds of funny things um, about how much they're going to hate the front office and talk about hating the front office. Um, good stuff, especially in retrospect. So there you have it. We did something fun. Randy, I hated doing it the whole time, but I- <laughs> yeah. it was, it was pretty good. That was a good gag. And it like, I don't remember if you had messaged you were going to do it in our, in our chat, but I was inebriated when that happened. And um clearly it was like whatever have fun and then i was like wait a minute what did we do and um i i i appreciate it. i think that's fantastic looks like we fooled about 200 people i think and then the word got out yeah the <laughs> murdy the murdy the bearded comment was the best one where he's like i started listening to this and then it's like oh duh and that was yeah well done but hey greg uh, what's coming up in this episode? Yeah, that's enough patting ourselves on the back. In today's episode, we're going to talk about some match results. We're going to talk about the injuries. Somebody wrote in the notes, players on the bounce, and I don't know what that means. I'll but... talk about it. Don't worry. All right. Uh, but there have been some changes on the injuries. Some Geo versus Ivicic drama. Uh, Randy has a special guest to cover some NWSL action for us. And we'll do predictions, and we're not doing listener feedback because I didn't want to deal with you guys today. <laughs> um, we it's it's our all of our special guests. It's your special guest too. Oh, it's it's well, it's the special guest that Randy uh, worked his magic to get on board. There's enough zippy for everyone. Oh, teaser award. So, well, well, hell, why don't we just? jump into to these results i don't think we did predictions for la galaxy and uh and dallas and if we did i couldn't find them in the old notes and maybe i wrote them down somewhere else but it doesn't matter because it was a very sad 
tie um and we didn't look like we even deserved to have that is my is my take um anyone who like did we all go were you guys there yeah how's there i was in was i still in i think i was in florida i was in la i think um, well, me and uh, Greg represented uh, Greg from where the people with low credit scores sit, and then me from where the people with probably also equally low credit scores sit. <laughs> um, uh, but it was it was it was a fun game. The, I think the weather. No, was great. it wasn't fun. I, I'm trying to be positive, Greg. Uh, fuck positivity. It was not a fun match. I gave my ticket to Lionel. It was. Huh. I mean, we've certainly had worse matches than that. It was just boring, right? I mean, that was the... the... It, we couldn't put anything together on the attack, is how it felt to me. And as evidence, we had 10 shots with one on target. And uh, the only thing that was really fun for me from this match, and I can't remember his name, um, but he plays for the Galaxy, and he's the guy who came over from Barcelona. He looks about as pocket-sized as um, it can possibly be, and if I would have been able to make it onto the field, I could have just packed them up and put them in my pocket. I think we did do predictions for this, because I um, distinctly re- remember predicting that the um, field player was going to end up in goal for that match. well i mean we can uh we'll talk about that here in a second but i mean again i the it's an ugly draw but what i would say is coming off of uh other matches as of late like getting any point is good especially given the amount of injuries that we have and the teams that we have been fielding and I believe this is where I or was it last episode where I, I talked shit about the the formation predictions and I was like, you gotta pick. It's like a four, two, three, one. Who are you gonna put in there? And then Greg was like, I think I could do a four three three. And then sure as shit, that's what they choose to do is the four three three. So I win the projections. Uh yeah. you win a prediction, but I mean again, like you win it nothing because you're on this podcast with us so um not really sure what what you get but yay good for you greg what a winner um the match was not fun because it was two teams with abysmal starts to the season playing soccer that shows why they're having abysmal starts to the season there you go neither team could put anything together neither team found any rhythm or any flow it was choppy there were seven yellow cards um it, it was just it was hideous it was up do you think it would have been better if they were playing football maybe um i don't know how to follow that question <laughs> <laughs> um, well obviously no one got it so josh strikes again <laughs> you're um, welcome everyone i uh i remember watching this on tv and like because the game was so boring like not being riveted to the screen and then like coming back in the room and then like and then like oh uh what are we doing and then realize i'm watching the galaxy in their green jerseys and it's not the timbers as this matches uh long in the past and we need to 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 move through this agenda relatively quick today uh it was uh again you see bingham starting you see hunter salt on the salty i forget how to say his name on the bench and you're like man 
Uh, but we'll talk about this later. But you're like, Woody, that's that's shitty for Alias. And then as we get towards the end of the game, what do we have happen, gentlemen? I don't know. We used up all our subs and then Bingham got injured. Oh, shit. Yeah, that happened. Actually, we didn't use up our subs. We used up our sub windows. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I so, think we kind of forgot that because it looked like Hunter was like getting geared up to go on. And then someone was like, hey. He he was. So we were sitting there in the in the stands watching it happen. And I'm like, okay, Hunter is getting up. Like he's got to come in. It reminded me of the time that he had to come in. For I think it was Clark during that injury, or I forget who was playing against Seattle, yeah. and it was I was like, here we go again. You got it, Hunter. This is your this is your shot at redemption. <laughs> and then I saw him start to take his gloves off, and I'm going, oh, what are they possibly doing? And then I'm thinking, oh, Bingham must be okay, but he's still laying there on the field. And then he gets up and he's like hobbling off with the assistance of other people. And then Hunter is not going on. I'm like, well, we're totally fucked. I have no idea what to even do. And, and then seeing Rasmussen put on the, the, the keeper gloves and, and get in net. That was, uh, that was super fun. That poor kid Hunter, man. Like he's like, I'm going to get my chance, man. Because when does, you know, when does it, how often does it, do you have to sub out your goalie? Almost never. And then he had his moment, but that he couldn't go in. Yeah. And for Rasmussen's very first kick, he had better distribution than Bingham. Dude, you're totally right. Um, I hate Bingham so much. I thought he, I thought he gleasoned it. On a later one to clear it, he kicked out of bounds. But that very first one, like, Made it all the way level to the other side's box on the side. And Greg, he got the he got the clean sheet uh, slab of wood, did he not? I think he accepted it and gave it to Bingham. Yeah, as well he should have. But yes, that's the correct. Um, no, no, no. That is yes. not the correct thing to do. Bingham is a goalkeeper, and it's like if you think about this, this is like a baseball reference. Rasmussen coming in would be like your third baseman going to pitch as a closer for the ninth inning. And the difference is the third, the difference is the third baseman would actually have to throw a baseball and Rasmussen didn't have to make any saves. He wasn't tested once. He was tested mentally, Greg. And I think it's offensive (laughs) that you would overlook the, the mental strain that he went through just because he didn't touch the ball. uh, And I was, I was, were you guys hoping that he was going to get at least one shot to chance to save? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that made me the most nervous when um, he started like getting really close to midfield when we were, I was like, what is this clown doing? Get your ass in that goal. Like, (laughs) do not leave that box, sir. Um, You Maviala, get back. (laughs) Channeling his inner Steve Clark. Oh my God. It was like butthole puckering moments. And um, uh, that is terrifying. But again, point. Given the circumstances what with all the injuries, like two minutes or something uh, stoppage, basically. Yeah, uh, we should mention that, uh, that Bingham injured himself trying to what was it, like a groin pull on a kick save or something on a on a out of offside call that the refs did not call immediately because apparently they're not supposed to. Yeah, um, and that's been talked about quite a bit. Um, had they made that call right away he would not have injured himself trying to save that 
the stupid rule strikes again. Yeah, agreed. Well, how about we agree to move on from this uh, sad state of a match and uh, and we move on to, to the next match. Sounds good. The next sad match. Yeah. Oh, wait, it's another one. It's another sad one. But I guess, no, if we take the positives away from this match, which were the last three minutes of uh, of the match, then, then it's good. I feel great. It's going to be great. We're going to crush it. This match has way more positives than just the last three minutes. This was a good draw. Go on. Uh, really? FC Dallas in Frisco in April. 1-1 draw. We just looked more cohesive, more together, like we had a better idea what we were doing, better control of the midfield, better passing, a uh, little more possession. But you don't expect a lot of possession you know, away in Frisco. But there was still more possession than against the Galaxy at home. Uh, the eye test, it was a hell of a lot better than the previous three matches. Hmm. Yeah, and we, I would say we still... It it's I still don't think it looked good, but it certainly looked better than uh, than against L.A. Yeah, we're trending in the right direction. <laughs> we scored this time. We, yeah. looked like, we looked like a completely different team than the one that drew a week earlier. I, I think this was a great result. On the road. Do I have to go back and rewatch this match now? I think you should. I, I, I don't know if Greg has uh, maybe a fog in his brain. It wasn't very good. Yeah, I thought it was sort of a shitty match. But if Greg is saying different, Greg pays Com- more attention than me. Compare it to the Galaxy. Oh, it, it's definitely it, – it is a step in the right direction. But again, it wasn't um, monumental. We still couldn't really get much off in terms of uh, overall attack against oh, – yeah. Fewer shots than we had against the uh, Galaxy. Who filled in those stats? Who's doing the journalism? Is that Greg or John? No, I, I did it. Hold <clears> on, <throat> um, oh, was it monumental? Are you forgetting our previous few trips to Frisco? Oh, Greg's about to hit us because he did some research. Do your own research. Usually we're not good in Dallas or Houston, but usually those matches are in the summertime, and that's why. Yeah, last year in Frisco, Hunter made his debut. Oh. And we oh. lost like 4-0 or 4-1 or something stupid like that. I thought that was no. Seattle. No, Hunter played in Seattle. He didn't start in Seattle. He came in as a sub, and he was clearly out of his element. Like, just like a big, tall, goofy, lanky kid who's like, oh, my God. And uh, <laughs> Cascadia Derby. Yeah. Wow, I love Seattle. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> um, it, but still, like, uh, we were out-possessed. We had 40% possession, and again, six shots, two on target, and it nothing was connecting until we started making some subs. Does anyone hmm. remember a notable substitution in this match? My man! Oh! Royalties. His hair is beautiful! <laughs> Royalties. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dyron Espria brought what was much needed discipline and speed to a match where uh, things weren't connecting. And again, his hair is magnificent. I'm a huge (laughs) fan of players and their haircuts and what they try to do. And when he came on the field, I was like, who the fuck? I'm like, oh, it's Espria. Holy shit. Exactly. I had a brief moment where I was like, what? Who's that? I was confused for a second. 
Um, yeah. It's not because I'm racist. <laughs> That's what you say. Yeah, I'm um, not racist, but. <laughs> but I didn't recognize him. Um, I no, I it was uh, it was exciting to see him get on the field, and I it it, it just you get the the vibes of even though Aspria is still not really amazing by MLS standards, uh, he's better than what we had on the field in said. Was moment. this his first appearance for this, this year? Correct. Yes, indeed. Um, you know what else it was. It was, his, it was his first assist, too, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Oh, who? Josh, who did he assist? No. Oh, sorry, I was muted. I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks for ruining that buildup of excitement. Uh, Greg, who did he assist? Our brand new signing, Frank Bully, who came in about five minutes earlier than this. Uh, Dyron, an actual freaking winger, not just someone plugged into the wing, uh, takes off running. Diego Chara finds him over the top, and instead Ooh. of bringing it down or trying one of his crazy scorpion bicycle <laughs> magic presto things, uh, he very deftly just kills the momentum, drops it in the channel, and Frank Bowley scores comes screaming up the middle, one times it off his left boot laces, bottom left. Holy crap. Yeah, that was a great moment. That was a beautiful shot. Um, did is, Does uh, Diego get the, the hockey assist on that? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, remember when you said he was done? No, I, I, I ne- that was Josh. I never said that. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I've liked him forever. I just don't no, think he's that you, good. He's trying to pass the blame. Yeah, I was. I, I was. I said it, but I'm still right. And um, <laughs> I, le- Randy, let's not talk about my previous comments and let's focus on the positivity with Frank Bully. And okay. um, uh, <laughs> you're not supposed to say okay to that. Um, it, it was it was amazing. And when you think of players in European leagues, even in the Hungarian. Pro- Premier League, I believe it is. The level of quality across all of those leagues is always just a little bit higher in terms of finishing and the ability to to make some some magic happen. And the fact that he hits it, you know, like one time left foot when he's a right footed striker and scores that goal, and it it reminded me again of Armin Taros and him coming over. Let's hope it the- ends better. Dude, but you could tell the second you could tell when someone's been to Europe. Yeah, you know, it like was, is it the beret or yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the, the tight the washed jeans with holes in them. Yeah, <laughs> when they're getting <laughs> it was the first game that my husband Liam Ridgewell played for the Timbers, and it was like his one of the first balls that he kicked on the during the match, and it was just like this beautiful placed uh right to, i can't even remember who it was the but a winger like he went so far up the field with it and it was just it was perfect it was on the money it was where it was supposed to go and you're just like holy shit uh i didn't know that was possible um same thing with bully that goal was absolutely amazing did it win goal of the week it should it, do we even have goal of the week <laughs> no but i think uh Ivicic won save of the week for this match why do Which we have save? That? He had so many. 
There was one save that was, um, I don't know how he, I sent it to, uh, oh, my friend Tyler went to Dallas to go visit with his dad and they went to that game. Um, and he said the saves that Ivacic were doing like in person was even, it was way more impressive than any highlight reel. Should we, should we talk about Ivacic? I, I guess yeah, we could jump this up uh, over the injury updates. That makes sense. Can I can I do a little Apple TV complaining about the match before we move on from it? Sure. Of course. Okay. I don't listen to the home broadcasters when we're playing at home because I'm at the match. I'm watching this FC Dallas game away on the TV, and for those of you who watch it on TV, what did you think of the announcers? Oh, I don't remember. Absolute yeah, dog shit. Remember. Garbage. They were terrible. I go to switch it to local broadcast, and other people have complained about this before. It's not new. But the only option is the home team's local broadcast. Sure. Oh, interesting. That's yeah. weird. It um, should be the visiting team's local broadcast because it's the visiting team who are probably watching from home. Did they do? I mean, was there a local broadcast for the like the what is that seven twenty or what AM station is that? I imagine there should be. Yeah. But anyway, Apple TV. The away fans want to hear their home people call in the match when they can't fly halfway across the damn country. Hey, you know who makes that actual decision though? Is I'm pretty sure it's MLS, not Apple TV. Yeah, they're, they're producing all these shows and everything. And Apple TV, it is looking better. Well, I mean, there weren't flickering Ugh. strobe light in and out feed this time. Yeah, talk about that Atlanta match again. Jesus, that was so frustrating. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's that's my crying about Apple TV. Go oh, go ahead. I have this marked for Josh, but Randy, since you are here, uh, why don't you talk about Ivicic versus Geo? Um, oh, so, hey, my my prediction is one of the first ones to come true on our uh, podcast summit episode with the Outer Roses guy. I predicted that uh, Ivicic, no, I predicted that Gio was going to have some sort of unexplained attitude problem with one of the players, some sort of drama. Um, and it came true. Uh, Ivicic had been out of the lineup he made a tweet to some about saying he said something to the effect of I've been healthy all season. Uh, anything else you hear is a lie, which was a little bit surprising. That's so crazy. <laughs> I mean, wow. <laughs> and um, I don't understand how you don't get let go just from that. <laughs> I, I what are you getting a do? damn good keeper and you can't afford to let him go? That's how. Well, I wouldn't say damn good. Did you watch Dallas? Yeah, he's damn average. He's he was really good last season. He's obviously one of the reasons we made it anywhere. Um, well, he's still and, too young. Uh, too young. Yeah. Back that up. Citation needed. He's too young. He needs to put on thirty pounds. Oh my god, I agree with all of that. Um, <laughs> no, but keepers don't get good until they're in their like mid thirties. Okay. It's true. I, they get it's better 100% as they, true. They get better as they get older, but he's 29. That so, is I mean, Should we just stick him in a closet for 5 years? No, but in a few years he'll probably be unstoppable. Yeah. 
yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, I thought Bingham's been good for us, so just agree to be wrong, Josh. It's okay. That's fine. I yeah. hate all of you. <laughs> Bingham is it Bingham? He's got that kind of like old rockabilly guy look to him. Yeah, Banana Bingham. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. So. But back to all this, uh, Randy, I can't believe that you got a prediction right. I figured, like, what is he talking about? We're I'm finally over any of my other ones. We're not winning yeah. any trophies. This year. <laughs> yeah. And he's going to certainly is not on fire um, from my prediction. But I I was really surprised to see that be the case. And uh, again, obviously, as he said, like super bold for him to call it out in the media. But I mean, he's kind of got the power in that situation and or bold or dumb. Both Um, like we've all mouthed off at work where you shouldn't have, but sometimes it does bring about some type of change. And then obviously with, with Bingham going down, Gio doesn't have a choice. Like, what are you going to do? And he has to play him, but I'll be intrigued to see. It looked like Bingham, uh, someone said this earlier that he might be out for a while and I'll be intrigued to see what happens in the locker room. Uh, well, we can't see it, obviously, but in, in intrigued to hear what happens over the next like two months. Well, you know, our doctors will take care of him really well. <laughs> <laughs> They'll take care of him, all right. <laughs> Who's got this note here that says um, it, that it was Geo's decision that he didn't play and he needed to show show more effort? Yeah, that he he didn't show it in training that he deserved to be on the field is what he said oh, in the really? long in the long version of the quote. So. Ivicic says this to Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark asks Gio. Gio's like, God damn it. Um, like, you know, players get emotional. And the first blurb <laughs> was only like first response, like, he's an important part of the team, which is like the boilerplate thing they always say. Yeah. Anytime yeah. anyone mouths off. <laughs> yeah, I only hit you because I love you. And um the but if you read like the the long version quote, the full answer, which was, you know, a couple paragraphs in it, he called out that, you know, it was my decision and, you know, players need to show that they're ready and and Bingham looked better. And I'm like, he clearly didn't look better than um, like Hunter's Hunter didn't look better than Ivicic. So clearly there was a little bit of uh, back and forth. And uh, you can see all that on the tweets. On Just, what do you have Elon. To do as a keeper to not sh- to show enough effort. I don't know. Maybe he was just like sticking his hand around, like talking on his phone or something. <laughs> <laughs> hold on guys. Hold on. I gotta get yeah. Yeah, I gotta get this call. <laughs> Yo, check out this meme dog. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, so I mean, again, Randy, congratulations. You win. Um, now I will upgrade Brandon you to today in, aisle seat next to the shitter for your flight to London and for your warm Bud Light. Um, (laughs) Or we'll figure out. But but anyway, so speaking of injuries, Josh, why don't you uh, tell us about some latest and greatest information? Um, As far as I know from, you know, uh, talking to Ryan Clark, um, (laughs) I don't know why that's so funny. Yeah, when you say talking to Ryan Clark, do you mean like <laughs> you talking to his Twitter and him not responding? Pretty much. I, I talk to the Twitter and I don't even like write anything. Is that how that's how it works now, right? 
You sound like the congressional hearing where they're grilling the TikTok people. About, <laughs> I talked to the Twitter and the Twitter doesn't answer. <laughs> yes or no? <laughs> yes or no? Can you look that up on the Lycos for me? <laughs> Ask Jeeves. Yeah. Okay, guys, listen. Um, Evander, Yimmy, Paredes, um, they were all in training. And I guess Evander was training really well. And sure, that's hope, exactly you know, how I would read that sentence. I don't think he should be um, playing for Van- in Vancouver, but I think he will be ready for um, Seattle. Uh, wait, one of those two of those guys were on the sideline though, or they didn't take place in the warmups. Was that Yimmy and Paredes? I think they. Yeah. So yeah. Everyone read the tweets from Ryan Clark. They're very informative. Um, and again, like Evander might play in Vancouver. So um, that'd be exciting. I want to see. Do we want Ecoba. that though? Yeah, I want Ecoba, Evander, and Bowley on the field at the same time in a 4 4 2. But Vancouver is 10, so. 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. End of the match. Definitely. Okay, but Vancouver's not doing good, and do we want to fly him and drain him for the next doing week? better than we are. Yeah. Are yeah. they? I mean, Josh, I you're not wrong. Than us. No, they're one. This, this, they are one place ahead of us, uh, ninth in the conference. Oh, did and they win last week? They have, uh, what do they have? How many points? Six points to our five points. So they won last week. They're not on fire. This is a winnable match. We've been really good in BC for the last few years. Oh, but, we've moved ahead already. Yeah, but they are having no. We have not moved ahead. I was just answering Josh's question. They do um, have they do have a CCL match tonight though. Against yes, LAFC. they do. And yeah. then the second leg of that I think is next Wednesday. So we are the cream filling in the CCL sandwich. <laughs> and, oh, uh, that was so gross. What is anyone? T- <laughs> Are there batteries and laser lights in that sandwich? Yeah. Wait, Vancouver has CCL? Yes. Yeah. Which, um, let's face it, is a ripoff that they get to go into CCL by winning the Can- uh, winning Canada. Come on, man. There's like five teams in that tournament. Dude, yeah, Fat Boy would have been Canada. <laughs> We're gonna I... up all our Canadian listeners. <laughs> Fuck you, Canadians. Fuck yeah. Yeah, Terrence yeah, and Phil exactly what you guys are. And um but but yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. And then in that uh thread on Twitter, there was speculation that Blanco might just be done. And that yeah, what's his, up with age, that? his age with the um with the injury that he having, and apparently he had said that he was um uh, it, it, in severe pain all last season trying to play. And again, uh, given his age and what the injury is, then, you know, it might be, it might be, might be done. Well, he has also spite that he's hanging around, uh, that he's not, um, do you think he's really injured or, or not playing out the injured, playing out the fake injury? Uh, no, I think he wants, paycheck? I think he wants to play. Yeah. So he's a competitor. He wants to play. So yeah, but if he's, we may see us buy out his contract in summertime or something like that to get to buy him. We haven't. Yeah. You know, we haven't paid off our 
We haven't done that yet for anybody, have we? This season? I don't no. think so. We redid Mora and Nizgoda's contracts to get them under different thresholds, but yeah. all Blanco is looking for is some yummy time, and I get it. Like you hit a certain That's age, right. He needs his yummy yeah. time. Yep. Yummy, yummy, yummy. <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy. <laughs> and then the other note that was interesting from all of this was Ajala played 33 minutes for T2. So uh, the surgery that he had, he is clearly getting in some some minutes and some games that are not impactful for the Timbers, but good to get him some some practice and some reps. So hopefully we see him as a uh, a name on the the available sub sheet. Just given that we've had like five and six people who are available to be subbed in, so very very uh, excited to to yeah. see the return of so many players. Yep. One thing that's not in the notes, but it just dropped earlier this afternoon, uh, Wednesday. Uh, Eric will not be available in Vancouver due to a right knee injury. What the? What? Really? Uh, When did that happen? Great. Did Ryan Clark tell you? Yeah, I was talking to Ryan Clark earlier today. (laughs) I was talking at Twitter. It was miraculously not responding. Is uh, Eric's Ryan. knee hurt? Yes or no? <laughs> yes and no. Uh, that's, uh, that's not good. Uh, I'm less concerned with it. Nothing matters till July anyway. Who plugs in? Uh, geez, man. I got to go in like two minutes. So, <laughs> so let's um, just do match predictions. Okay. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, guys. Vancouver. Greg, go. Uh, 3-2 win. Ooh, Randy, go. 1-0 win. Ooh, I'm on board with Randy. 1-0 win. I'm going to go with, I think, 4-2 win. I'm going back for it. I'm in. Yeah, we're getting four goals. Name who's scoring them. Bowley, Bowley, Bowley. Bowley, Bowley. All right. Uh, Versus Seattle, Greg. Do you guys want to just record another episode next week and not do Seattle predictions right now? Uh, I cannot. It would have to be on Monday at the same time. All right. PM. Let's not. Let's just do predictions just in case. Uh, eight nil win. <laughs> oh, all right. Write it down. Yeah. Uh, hey, it's gonna. This is the turning point of our season. It's gonna be a three-two win. Uh, Spria is gonna come back with a vengeance. The the new blood's gonna uh, get to experience. Bully's gonna get to experience uh, Cascadia Derby, and uh, we're gonna go against the run of play as far as se- the seasons is going. Season is going, and we're gonna really hand it to Seattle. I think we're gonna be um, a nine-two win, and Bully's <laughs> gonna get. Uh, hat trick of a hat, a hat trick, hat trick. Two times hat trick. I'm gonna go with a two to one win. Bully. So I, I actually, I realize that my eight nil win is kind of unrealistic. So I want to change it uh, to a seven to a seven one win, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. Seven one win. Um, I think Bully is gonna light it up, uh, and uh, I. Obviously, those scores are not realistic, but I think Bowley is going to adapt to MLS really quick and have some impactful results on the field right away. Randy, before you go, uh, can you please do a quick intro to NWSL coverage with Zippy? Hey, I asked Zippy to – he's always giving me crap about our 
really bad um, Thorns coverage when we do coverage or lack thereof. And so I said, hey, man, why don't you do some Thorns bit for us? And uh, we were not able to arrange recording at the same time. And so he recorded his own bit. And so here it is. Ta-da! Hello, Woso Super Bros. It's Zippy here with your NWSL Thorns update. It's an incredibly exciting time for the NWSL, as just this week the league announced that the Bay Area has been awarded the 14th team in the league, most likely San Jose. They will begin play next year during the 2024 season. This new team sports an impressive list of names backing it, both inside and outside of football, including co-founders and former U.S. women's national team players, Brandi Chastain, Leslie Osborne, Daniel Slayton, and Ali Wagner. Former Facebook executive and LeanIn.org founder Cheryl Sandberg is joining the club as a board member and strategic investor and will partner with the club to create leadership programs that empower women and girls, providing resources to sports and youth programs in the underserved communities throughout the Bay Area. All of this comes on the heels of last year's announcement that the Utah Royals will rise from the ashes like a phoenix, also beginning play for the 2024 season. These two new teams coming online nearly doubles the league's footprint since 2012 and provides validation for Woso fans near and far who've continued to support the league through scandal, mismanagement, and teams folding. There are rumblings that the Boston Breakers, a team that folded in 2018, may be revived and become the league's 15th team. Stay tuned. It was recently reported by NWSL Commissioner Jessica Berman that vetting for prospective owners of the Portland Thorns and Chicago Red Stars is, quote, in advanced stages, meaning your money will no longer be supporting misogynistic trustafarians who sweep abuse of their players under the rug and then gaslight fans who hold them accountable for their despicable deeds. More on this as things unfold. This was one of the most active off-seasons in history, with free agency being a tool at the player's disposal for the first time. Let's run down some of the most interesting moves around the league. North Carolina saw many of their high-profile players leave for greener pastures as they lost Brazilian star Dabinha to free agency after she informed the team that she would not be returning and signed a multi-year deal with the Kansas City Current. Stalwart defender Merritt Mathias was sent to Angel City FC in exchange for former Thorn Tyler Lucy. Look for Mathias to help Angel City live up to the hype this season, while Lucy will likely see lots of opportunity for minutes as the Cougs look to fill the hole left by losing Dabinia's spicy style of play. North Carolina sent fan favorite Carson Pickett and Abby Ursic to Racing Louisville in exchange for U.S. Women's National Team defender and former number one overall pick Emily Fox. Casey bolstered their already good squad by landing Dabinia on a two-year contract, as well as beefing up their midfield with former Red stars Morgan Gadra and Vanessa DiBernardo. It was announced that star Sam Muiz will have to have yet another knee surgery and is expected to miss another full season for KC. In a stunning move, 
KC sent Lynn Williams to Gotham in exchange for the second overall pick in the 2023 draft, and then used that pick to select Duke's Michelle Cooper, who is considered one of the brightest young attackers currently in the game. If they can stay healthy and incorporate these new pieces to gel quickly, the current look to become even more dangerous than in the previous season. Chicago saw many players abandon ship as their core midfield was decimated. When Danielle Calaprico, Morgan Gadra, and Vanessa DiBernardo left, at their first opportunity during free agency. As previously mentioned, Gadra and DiBernardo to KC and Calaprico, who spent her entire NWSL career in Chicago, signed with the San Diego Wave. A few bright spots for Chicago did appear as they re-signed one of my favorite players and Defender of the Year candidate Tatum Malazzo. Extending her previous contract, Malazzo signed a two-year deal with the club with an option for 2025. Additionally, the Red Stars re-signed former player and fan favorite Yuki Nagasato. The Japanese international featured for Chicago from 2017 to 2022 and then spent one season in Louisville before returning to Chicago this season on a one-year deal. It will be interesting to see how the Red Stars weather this season. Taking an exciting team that I loved watching the last few seasons and cranking it to 11, Gotham was very busy this offseason. Starting with a new head coach, naming Juan Carlos Amaros to the job and signing him to a three-year contract. Previously, he was the Tottenham Hotspur women's side coach for nine seasons and spent the last season as the interim manager for the Houston Dash, where he helped lead the Dash to their first ever playoff appearance. Part of the reason I like Gotham so much is they have a plethora of former Thorns that, quite frankly, I miss. Ife Onomonu, Midge Purse, Ali Long, Michelle Betos, and this offseason saw them add even more of our beloved ladies to their squad. In a somewhat crazy deal, Gotham entered into a three-team trade with the Portland Thorns and Angel City FC, which in the end saw Gotham end up with NWSL champion midfielder Yasmeen Ryan and $250,000 in allocation money. But they weren't finished adding roses to the bouquet just yet. They also signed Thorns backup keeper and free agent Abby Smith. But the biggest, most shocking feel-good surprise happened in regard to former Thorn Sinead Fairley. Fairley retired in 2016 in part because of the mental and emotional toll of sexual coercion at the hands of her former coach, Paul Riley. After being invited to training camp by Gotham this year as a non-roster invitee, Gotham announced on opening day that they had signed Fairley to a one-year deal through 2023 with an option for 2024. Previous thorns aside, the team added even more depth as the club also signed solid all-around player Kristen Edmonds and United States women's national team badass Kelly O'Hara to deals. Kabow! Therefore, I'm naming Gotham my team of intrigue. Aside from my beloved thorns, this is the team I'll be most excited to watch in 2023. I hope they rip the Eastern Conference a new one. Now let's get to what we're all here for. The Unstoppable Portland Thorns. It was a rough offseason in the drama department. A team already riddled with scandal continued to prove it could get even more scandaler. Head coach Rian Wilkinson resigned following an investigation into a self-reported matter with a player. Wilkinson reported herself to HR and was investigated by the ongoing NWSL and WSLPA investigative team. She was cleared of any wrongdoing, 
but felt she'd lost the support of the players, who, according to Wilkinson, requested her resignation. Head trainer Pierre Soubier was fired along with assistant coach Sophie Clo. An investigation determined that Soubier was found to have administered a controlled substance of codeine to players on multiple occasions without a prescription or physician supervision, which is a violation of federal and state law and league policy. Further, Soubier administered the medication to one of the players without her informed consent. Chloe reportedly made unwanted contact with a player in the form of kissing the player's neck during the championship celebration. Thorne's assistant coach, Mike Norris, was named head coach in January, becoming the Thorne's fifth head coach since their inception. He has previously spent the last decade or so coaching at various levels for Team Canada before coming to Portland last season. On a more positive note, GM and former Thorne goalkeeper Katrina LeBlanc locked down many of the power pieces for the Thorns in the offseason, re-signing Becky Sauerbrunn, Christine Sinclair, Morgan Weaver, and Sam Coffey to new deals. Additionally, the Thorns signed draft picks Izzy Duquela, Lauren Cozell, and Reina Reyes. Losing very few players and locking down new key assets, the Thorns come into this season with a very deep squad which they will need when World Cup rolls around the summer and the team is depleted. Now let's get to the Thorns' home opener. The Thorns opened their 11th season on March 26th at home against an Orlando Pride team that is clearly in the midst of a rebuild. The match began with last season's championship Thorns raising yet another banner to the rafters of Multnomah Civic Stadium, their third in 10 years and the most of any team in the NWSL. From the first whistle through the end, the Thorns seemingly started the match as if they had literally not taken a day off since the end of last season. Crisp passing, solid link play, and an astounding number of dangerous-looking shots were all on display. The Thorns rolled out a 4-4-3 with Kling, Sauerbrunn, Hubley, and Quika across the back, Crystal Dunn, holding down the center mid with Sam Coffey on her right flank and Sink on her left. Morgan Weaver, Hina Sagita, and MVP Sophia Smith across the top. This much talent on the pitch in this formation made for some incredibly exciting play and proved to be a handful for Orlando's back line. Any of the three at the top of this formation are deadly with the ball at their feet, validated by the fact that each one of them had a goal in this match. The Thorns finished this match with a staggering 26 shots to Orlando's nine and walked away with a 4-0 victory. The Thorns' second match of the season saw them heading to barbecue away against the KC Current. Rolling out the exact same starters in the exact same formations, the ladies began the match like hummingbirds, taking all but three minutes for Crystal Dunn to find the back of the net and put the Thorns up 1-0. Fifteen minutes later, while making a streaking run into the box, Sophia Smith had her heels clipped and converted on the PK that was awarded as she calmly slotted the ball into the lower left side against her former teammate, Adi Franch. Going into halftime up 2-0, having dominated the match thus far, and with KC struggling to string anything remotely positive together in the first 45 minutes, I expected more of the same in the second 45. However, this was a match of two halves. Whatever slowly smoked meat the current munched in the locker room at halftime seemingly energized them as they came out much stronger in the second half, creating a few chances and putting the thorns on their back foot, culminating in the 56th minute when off of a free kick 30 yards out, Casey put a dangerous ball into the box, which CC Kaiser coolly headed in past Bella Bixby. This looked to be the beginning of the comeback for Casey as they had cut the lead in half 2-1. to one. 
However, they forgot that Sophia Smith ain't nothing to fuck with. In the 82nd minute, after battling and dribbling through four current players, Smith smoothly tucks the ball into the net. Past 80 Franch, Thorns up 3-1. Five minutes later, from the top of the box, Smith jukes a defender and blasts in another goal, completing the hat trick. Thorns win 4-1. The Thorns currently have this week off, but they'll be back on Friday, April 14th, where they'll be taking on the Houston Dash at Multnomah Civic Stadium. Tune in or be there. Thanks, fellas. Wow, that was a great bit. Good job. Thanks, Zippy. Zippy. You're really intuitive. Um, See you guys. Okay, guys. Jesus um, Christ. Thank God he's gone. I yeah. can't oh stand that God. asshole. Oh, what a pile of shit. Oh, what a loser. Fucking yeah. dick. Wait till he sees the new stickers that we made. Oh, <laughs> hate fun and hates podcasts. Oh, uh, no I love Zippy. This. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, Greg, even though we're not going to do listener mail on this episode, uh, can you discuss a little bit about the McG podcast? Uh, it's not a whole lot. It's only that McG confirmed that he is, in fact, a podcast sleut. Ooh, sleut? does that mean a that sleut? he is sleut is a very appropriate term? I'll take it. Um, uh, I I really like McG, and I'm glad that he will share his persons with us. Yes. He's a good dude. He uh, shouted something at us as he was walking by us in the North End Concourse a couple of matches ago, and it took me yeah. like five seconds to realize who that was that yelled at us, and he was long gone by then. So, hey, McGee, sorry, I was like surprised and didn't know what the hell was going on. But yes, we will have stickers for you next time. Yeah, and they will always have stickers. Things. Yes. Um, so you want to hear the song I chose for this episode, guys? Not really, but go ahead. Okay. It's, um, Switchblade for the Soul by Chris Murray. That's it. It's a two-tone classic. That's a super edgelord name. Yes. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, hey, Greg, Mm. where and how do they reach us? (laughs) You leave us. Uh, email at PortlandVanity at gmail.com, a voicemail, 503-583-4235. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, Portland Vanity, Twitter, PDX Vanity Soccer, Match.com, and Jonathan's Mom. Oh, yeah. Get in. You got to pay for it.
Sorry, okay, and also while that's yeah, going, on. you can't. Yeah, sorry you for um, my whole fuck up of my section. Margo was getting in the car as what about your whole. No, when I was starting to talk, Margo was getting in the car and it screwed everything up. But like my brain just wasn't there. So sorry. I didn't even notice anything. Did you guys notice? When I, I honestly no. didn't. Um, yeah, yeah, Randy, just leave it going and mute it. We'll okay, we'll later. finish up later. Okay, should, that's it. Should we should we uh, talk about the Onward One Hundred Seven podcast for the next two minutes and use that for outtakes? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I'm kidding. It, oh. No, we, I mean, if you want to say something, go ahead. I mean, we need yeah, outtakes. Just to, to, to plug the new the new podcast coming out from 107ist, Onward. A Rose, Rose City, City podcast. podcast. And uh, look, they're going to be dropping their first episode on, what is it, April 10th is the, is the goal? I believe that sounds right. Holy shit, I got to get to work. Yeah, uh, but very exciting. Uh, looking forward to what 107 is going to put together. There's representation for uh, the Thorns and the Timbers. And uh, when the episode drops, make sure everyone gives a listen. Oh, yeah. the other thing, too, that we need to talk about. Stuptown Footy has moved to Substack. They are no longer involved with SB Nation. They are no longer owned by Dude Bros. Uh, but... That's really freaking awesome, but what that means is they need our money to stay afloat. Uh, they have many different options to support them. Uh, I went ahead and pledged the founder uh, amount, which is, I think, only like 80 bucks a year, so super manageable, oh. especially if it's something that you enjoy week to week like I do. Uh, I dropped them a little message, like how much would it cost uh, to get CI Demand to bring back Six Degrees? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you love Stump, Stumptown Footy, they're on Substack. Look for them there and give them your money because they're a good organization. I am going to. Send, what about right if now. you send us a receipt? We'll send you a patch. Oh, do we have patches? Uh, we have not for PVSP. No, just a or random send, patch. Send random patches like old we'll name you, tags taken yeah. off of work shirts we found at the Goodwill. Or maybe we won't send you anything, so um, everyone fuck off. (laughs) All right, that's all I had. All right. Well, cheers, everyone. Peace.